and welcome once again to another episode of The Dark Place. My name is Adam, and before we begin tonight, I just want to say uh, thank you to all the new listeners. We have had quite of uh, quite of upswing in the show lately, so uh, it's much appreciated that uh, that you take the time to dive into these cases, such as I have. So please go to all of our social media pages. That's the YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram. The other people show. Like and subscribe, please. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Dark Place. I'm your host, Adam, and tonight we're going to be diving into a truly captivating and chilling case. The story of Aaron Caffey. Aaron Caffey was a young woman living in the small town of Alba, Texas. A town of about four or five hundred. Now, at first glance, it would seem like she's an ordinary teenager... But beneath the surface, something sinister was brewing. To fully understand the events that unfolded, we need to go back to the night of March 1st, 2008. It was a quiet evening with a peaceful, tranquil, calm of rural life. There was a tranquility over the town. Aaron, then 16 years old, was dating a man named Charlie Wilkinson. We'll just refer to him as Charlie. But their relationship was far from ordinary because Aaron's family really disapproved of Charlie. And they were afraid that he would have a negative influence on his daughter, Aaron. Now, as tensions escalated between Aaron and Charlie's family, especially her father, Terry, he tried to uh, interject and intervene. However, what he didn't know was that Charlie, Aaron, and two of their friends had hatched a horrifying plan. So, to set up the story of of the scenario was that Aaron, her two brothers, and her mother and father were a Christian family. They were a family that went to church every week. The kids would often practice a choir and instrumentation throughout the week so they could prepare for Sunday. And at one point early in their life, they were in public school, and then a girl happened to kiss Aaron on the mouth, and that made them put all of their children back into homeschool. So when she was in public school, however, though, a couple years later went on, and uh, Aaron's family kind of eased up a little bit, a 
as far as the uh, going to public and um, homeschooling. And her brothers were allowed to go back to the public school. So Aaron had asked that she be able to go back as well. So this led to Aaron meeting uh, Charlie. So <clears throat> that kind of sets the scenario of, of what's going on. Now, little did Aaron's family know that she wasn't quite as innocent as she was brought up to be. She was naive in some ways, but very innocent in other ways also. She, uh, Charlie, uh, Aaron's father, Terry, had happened to stumble upon Charlie's MySpace page and saw references to, to alcohol and sex and things of this nature. So therefore, he wanted to stop Aaron from dating Charlie immediately. It said, early on, I had reservations about the young man. There was just enough there were just things about him that didn't sit right with me. Hoping the uh, relationship would eventually flicker, flicker out, the Caffies went about their daily routines, and they focused on their Christian church and their love of music, like I said earlier. Um, Tyler, Aaron's younger brother, played the guitar. Matthew played the harmonica. And her younger sister, Penny, played the piano at church. Aaron was the vocalist. But once she started dating Charlie, her interests changed. We had been dealing with Aaron with the rebellion going on and keeping an eye on everything, Terry later said. On February 21st, 2008, Aaron went to visit his father, Clarence, and found him dead of natural causes. It was a tough week for the family, but there was much more heartache to come. Two days after Terry talked to his daughter, Charlie pulled up outside the house in the middle of the night. He had two friends with him, Charles, which we'll refer to as Wade, since we already have Charlie, and Wade's 18-year-old girlfriend, Bobby, Bobby Gale Johnson. Aaron ran out of the house in her pajamas to meet the group and then sat in the car while Wade and Charles, I mean, Wade and Bobby, Wade and Wilkinson went inside. Terry later recounts and he says they burst into the bedroom, opened fire, shooting several times. So what you have is a, a rebellious teenager she wants to date this older guy. She knows that her family is against this. Her family wants her to stop. They, The dad finds out about this information about him on, on Facebook, the boyfriend, and he cuts out contact. You're, you know, the first they're like, okay, you can only see him once a week. You can't talk after 10 p.m. I think was the time. It could have been 9 p.m., but 9 or 10 p.m. So therefore, contact is limited at this point. And after this MySpace thing occurred, 
the father Terry had had enough. You're done. You you, you guys are not going to see each other. The relationship is over. So therefore, Aaron acted like she was glad it was over. She acted like she had wanted this relationship to be over for a while, but she didn't know how to tell Charles about it, Charlie about it. Fact of the matter is, deep down inside, she was upset, she was mad, and she was angry. On numerous occasions, her friends had heard her talk about, let's kill my family, let's kill them, so Charlie and I can run away, so we can run away together. Now, Charlie did say that he suggested multiple times to her, let's just run away together. We don't, we don't have to kill anyone. This, this is not necessary to do so. But Aaron didn't have it. Aaron wanted nothing to do with that. So on that night, in the early morning hours of March 1st, 2008, those two young men burst into the home and they embarked on a killing spree. Two young children and their mother were brutally murdered. Their father, Terry, suffered multiple gunshot wounds but somehow managed to drag himself from the house before it was engulfed by flames. And that, is that crime not shocking enough? Because Aaron had told told them that she'd woke up. The house was ablaze. That she'd woke up and she she just ran out. Ran out screaming. And she almost would have got away with it as, as well. But like I said, the tragedy was set into motion months before. And that's when Aaron began dating Charlie. Now, I'm not really sure other than Aaron wanting to be, I guess, a promiscuous um, explorer and things like that. But, you know, the, the family was a little bit strict. The family was, you know, a well-liked family, um, you know, well-liked in the community, respected at church. Everyone uh, that I found uh, the research had a good word to say about the family. Even Aaron, to a certain extent, because Aaron had not really shown any signs of any of this kind of behavior publicly. She'd shown no signs of this kind of behavior until she started dating Charles, according to Terry. So after this horrific event the father was taken to the east east texas medical center and in there he told what he knew after he could barely muster any words at all because he was in critical condition roughly three hours later the police took charles wade and bobby johnson into custody and Aaron was found hiding in a trailer that belonged to Wade's older brother. 
So you look at it from this standpoint, they're able, able to pick up um, Aaron's boyfriend, Aaron's boyfriend's friend, and Aaron's boyfriend's friend's girlfriend. But Aaron is left hiding. Now, she wasn't initially considered a suspect. But during questioning, Wade told the police that he had been promised $2,000 for helping, quote, take care of business in the murders. According to the police, all of the statements given by Wilkinson, which is Charlie, Wade, and Johnson were all the same. The murderers, the murders were Aaron's idea. Aaron had concocted the scheme. You know, for $2,000, I'll give you to, to take out my family. You know, offering his friend, friend the money. And then Charlie and I can just, uh, you know, run off together and live happily ever after. Now, she was arrested when she was on her way to visit the father her father at the hospital. All four defendants were initially charged with three counts of capital murder. Now, it just goes to show that there was little to no remorse from any of them because they knew nothing really. The friend and the girlfriend knew nothing of the situation really at all, only what they had been told that day. In the promise of $2,000. The only little bit of remorse I got. He kept looking down and cried a little bit. It's pretty tough. He told his lawyer later that it was the toughest thing he ever had to do. And uh, there, there was you know, a heartbreak from the father as well. You know, he was left for dead and crawled and it took hours upon hours for him to to crawl I think it's 900 feet he had been shot he had been left for dead his wife his two younger children and for all he knew Aaron were dead as well but he heard Charlie and he heard Wade and that's why he was able to help bring them to justice they expected him to be dead, but he wasn't. He survived, although his entire family was slaughtered. Aaron continued, continuously denied. I have nothing to hide. I will tell you anything you want. He said Aaron told him she knew the plot, but tried to get away that night, and the others forced her to wait in the car while they killed her family. Her boyfriend tried to put it on her, saying she was the ma mastermind. And he was just going along with it because she brainwashed him. But Terry knew that was not true. She knew that was, he knew that wasn't her. So people ask, how could you forgive your daughter? And how could you forgive those who murdered your family? And then he says, I'm not trying to justify anything. This is my daughter. In October 2008, Charlie and Wade were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Three months after that, Bobby Joe and Aaron both pleaded guilty to murder. 
Johnson was sentenced to two 40-year concurrent sentences, and Aaron was given two consecutive life sentences, plus 25 years. Now, Bobby Joe will be eligible for parole in 24 years. Aaron will not be eligible until she serves roughly 40 years of her sentence. And all this due to the fact that her parents didn't approve of her first and her only boyfriend. Terry, the only main remaining survivor, has since remarried and is now a stepfather to two children. He stepped down from his job, and now he focuses on his ministry and speaking engagements. He also recently released a book, Terror by Night, which details the murders of his family and his rise from the tragedy. He co-authored the book with Pence, author of Blind Sight. And it just goes to show what, uh, you know, how would you move on from such a tragic event? Not only do you get left for dead, a plot from your daughter that kills her brothers and sisters, her mother, trying to kill her father. How do you come to terms with that? Being stabbed in the back or shot in the back? I, I don't know the faith that uh, Terry has, and I'm sure that's brought him through this. But I'm sure it still hurts every day because he's, he does go and visit Aaron. He does go and visit Aaron in prison. Now, Aaron has been on Dr. Phil uh, in a couple of other shows. And I think there is a, a movie about uh, this the same thing on Hulu. I wish I knew the name of it, but I don't have it there. Although Aaron didn't pull the trigger, she didn't use any weapons. She was the mastermind the murderer of her mother and her two young brothers. And she will not be able to be paroled, even the possibility, until she's 59 years old. Now, what do you think she thinks now? I mean, this occurred in 2008. So this occurred 16 years ago. So up until this point, she was 16 years old when this occurred. She's 32 years old now. She has spent over half her life in prison for masterminding and plotting and succeeding for the most part of having two people kill her family. Do you think if she has remorse, she has remorse because of the fact that she 